Welcome to This Week with Cal CISO, produced by the California Cybersecurity Information Sharing Organization. Now, for this week's episode, we turn to Matt Gardner in our Northern California studios. Thanks to our teams in Northern California and Los Angeles for putting all this together. It looks great, guys, and everything that you do is appreciated. This is our first episode being simulcast on our YouTube channel and all of our podcast channels. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a comment for us. Let us know what you think. Our uh, This Week with Cal CISO this week is a continued conversation with our partners at TrueStar. This week, we're talking with uh, founder and CEO Patrick Coughlin. We'll get to that in just a second. But we're also proud to be kicking off the summer of savings here with TTC. Uh, if you've been involved in TTC, of course, you know that a main driver of uh, engagement for startups is our suite of member benefits. And those benefits continue to expand. We've been on a real aggressive growth strategy with member benefits. And so we're really proud to be able to present the new creative suite that features offerings from partners that are new to the suite at TTC, including uh, products like Canva. So check it out at californiatechnology.org and look for the member benefits tab. Uh, along with offerings like Canva, you're also going to find that our training and certifications program has greatly expanded. So we have new offerings from companies like Adobe on uh, training and certification. So uh, do check that out in the, in the training and calendar tabs as well. So we look forward to uh, continue to expand those programs as the summer of savings continues. Uh, now, a key driver of the member benefit program has been our cybersecurity initiative. For many years, CalCISO has been uh, a convening place for cybersecurity companies, professionals, and providers. And uh, we appreciate all the partners that we've got in CalCISO. Uh, among the many value uh, pieces in the CalCISO equation is the California Threat Exchange, and a key driver to the California Threat Exchange has been TrueStar. Uh, so just before we get to that conversation with uh, TrueStar co-founder Patrick Coughlin, uh, please have a look at uh, a word from a couple of our partners. presentations with Canva. Increase your ROI and your R&R with email automation from Constant Contact. Hey, gorgeous. Michael Bolton here. You did it. Congrats on breaking up with your brokerage. It was time. You're strong and beautiful and capable. And now I'm excited to see your growth as an investor in the public.com community. I will follow you and you will follow me. All right, this is a continued series on This Week with Cal CISO and an ongoing conversation with TrueStar. This week we're talking with co-founder and CEO Patrick Coughlin. And um, since we recorded this, of course, TrueStar has announced that they've been acquired by Splunk. So first, congratulations to the TrueStar team. And second, we're excited about seeing uh, what TrueStar can do with 
an expanded reach and uh, the additional capabilities of Splunk. So again, congratulations to the TrueStar team. Here is our conversation with Patrick Coughlin at TrueStar. On this week with Calcisa, we're, we're with uh, Patrick Coughlin, the CEO of TrueStar. Patrick, thanks for being here with us. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Patrick, can you tell our audience a little bit about TrueStar and, and just give the sort of uh, you know, intro to the company? Sure, Matt. Um, TrueStar is an intelligence management platform, and, and what that means is we help enterprises managed security providers and, and information sharing and analysis center. So groups of companies that have come together to share intelligence. We help all these different uh, organizations to normalize and organize their intelligence and ultimately to feed the intelligence into an ecosystem of tools to drive automation and enterprise security. So Patrick, one thing that we're encountering mm -hmm. is that Every department of every company that we talk to is trying to figure out what to do with AI, whether it's in HR or the finance department or obviously the security department, and it's penetrating every aspect of business. It seems like we're kind of at the beginning still of trying to figure out how to put these tools to work. Can you describe from your point of view where we are in the sort of the state of hype of how that has developed out of machine. Certainly, Matt, you did. You dropped off there. Do you have me? I do. Sorry about that. Did you only get? I, I understand where you're going, um, but the, the question did not come through. Should I just answer? I will catch it, yes. Okay, great. Yes, Matt, great question. Uh, I, think, I think where, where AI is in, in cybersecurity is certainly at the, at the top of what I would call the hype cycle. Um, you know, you can't really swing a dead cat at the RSA conference or in, in any sort of discussion with, with vendors in cybersecurity without coming across somebody who's pitching the latest and greatest AI or, or ML solution for, for cybersecurity. And, and what that's done is I think it's actually, you know, been a disservice to the power of, of AI um, because it's, it's creating a little bit of this... Um, you know, the, we're moving into the trough of disillusion, and and people are not seeing the the outcomes from these early products that promised the latest and greatest AI solution um, that they had hoped for, and and what I've seen is that actually security is a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to machine learning and AI, given some of the other departments of the business that you mentioned. Um, one of the things that, that we've learned here at TrueStar and that we really focus on is, is being the voice of reason when it comes to how you can apply machine learning, artificial intelligence to the real problems in cybersecurity. And if you look at some of these in, uh, different industries, I mean, part of the, the fun part of being a, a CEO of a, of a growing startup is that, you know, at the end of the day, you wear a bunch of different hats. And, and I'm, I, while I'm a security operator and a security analyst by trade, um, you know, I play in sales and marketing and HR and these different departments. And so I can see the different tools that are out there. 
And if you look at sales and marketing, for example, the interesting thing is, you know, there are solutions out there that are AI driven or that have built in machine learning into their solution. But what they're doing is they're not promising to close the deal for the salesperson, right? They are actually solving a, a lower level challenge. If you ask any salesperson on the planet, like what, what's the part of their job that they hate? It's why, well, you know, I got to go into Salesforce and update my CRM or whatever it may be. And they spend half of their day wrangling all this contact information and making sure that it's up to date the CRM. So when the boss comes around, you know, their Salesforce is clean and it's managed effectively. Well, some of the, some of the most interesting AI solutions in sales and marketing are actually taking on that mission for the, for the skilled salesperson and they're, they're auto managing and updating their CRM so that salesperson can focus on doing what they do best. They're not promising to be the AI bot that's going to go in there and talk to your prospect and close the deal for you. They're taking on the data wrangling mission. Um, and, you know, I think if you even go to, to B2C, you look at a company like Stitch Fix, which is kind of the, the paradigm for the, the augmentation rather than the replacement mission of machine learning. You know, Stitch Fix didn't, didn't promise to replace the stylist, right? Stitch Fix is this company that you know, would send you send you style recommendations in a box based on some of your preferences for like the clothes you like to wear. Um, instead, they eliminated all the, the, the background work that a stylist would have to do. So you, you come across a new client and they like, you know, a certain color, they like a, a certain cut, a certain style. And what a stylist would then have to do was go and look across all of the internet and pull a bunch of examples of what that um, customer may like, and then ultimately winnow that funnel down to a, a few um, precise recommendations. Well, Stitch Fix used machine learning not to replace the stylist, but to actually go and do that initial search and, and pull back some of the, the, the most likely recommendations. And then the stylist can, can pick from those. Um, and so it allowed this, this professional, highly trained um, stylist to do more, to service more customers because they're spending less of their time doing the data ring. So similar with security, right, this early batch of products that has come out in the last, you know, five, ten years even, um, that are promising the latest and greatest AI and ML, one of the challenges was that they are, they were, you know, proposing to replace the human, right? If the human's job in cybersecurity is, is effectively to do detection and response, um, then they were saying, well, you know, we are the AI that will do detection and response. And the industry was consistently being let down because those, those highly marketed solutions weren't really performing any better than any of the legacy solutions. And, and they weren't certainly performing any better than the humans. And so, you know, at TrueStar, for example, we are taking a lesson from some of these other industries. And we say, okay, well, what is the security operator really doing in their day? And it turns out, just like those other industries, they're spending half their day wrangling data. Right. They are copying and pasting indicators out of tools and into spreadsheets and then they're defanging and refanging indicators or they're saying, wait, no, that's not an IP address. That's a, a Adobe software version number. And they're cleaning this data so that they can then make these higher level decisions. And so we're pointing things like machine learning at that data wrangling mission. Um, there's now so much signal 
screaming at these these security analysts and operators in the enterprise that they're spending far too much of their time wrangling the data. And so, you know, at TrueStar, we can say, all right, give us that mission. Let us help you normalize and organize and resolve these entities um, so that you know that the data is prepared and effectively prioritized before you take it and, and, and do what only you can do, which is ultimately make a sub subjective decision about how to action it. Um, and, and when we do that, we're allowing our, our highly trained security professionals to do what they do best, and we're, we're removing the, the, the data wrangling mission. And now it's not the sexiest thing, right? Um, and that's, that's the challenge that I think every industry goes through with AI is, is you, you want to do the sexy thing. You want to you say we can replace the human. Um, but really, the, what happens is the human brain is a pretty powerful thing, and if you try to point it at that, you're not going to win. But if you move up the stack in the decision cycle and you help to clean and prepare the data, you allow the human to do more with less. And, and that's what we're doing at TrueStar. Uh, you obviously also in your role talk to CEOs from every industry and CISOs from every industry. Uh, in your view, for from you and what kinds of solutions are they looking to be delivered to? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, the, the number one challenge for, for every security leader today is that they've got too many tools. Um, and I think this is true across uh, a number of different industries. But um, if you look at the way that the, the sort of the economics work, um, you know, funding pours into an industry like cybersecurity. Uh, so it's one of the fastest growing industries. And so, you know, venture capital funding will pour into it. And as a result, you see this tool fragmentation start to start to percolate across the industry where now everybody is kind of innovating in, on the margins and you get you get a next gen endpoint, next gen sim, next gen X, fill in the blank. And and security leaders, because they're overwhelmed, are, are you know, defaulting to, you know, whatever the the latest and greatest analyst report from Gartner or Forrester or whatever it is says you should buy. And what happens is you end up with this, this almost this rat's nest of, of, of nuanced point solutions um, that, don't, that don't talk to each other effectively. And, and this isn't unique to cyber, um, but, but you know, what, what a data-centric approach to that, you call that integration debt. The more you try to buy these point solutions to solve these nuanced problems, the more uh, um, you know, fragmentation that you have in your enterprise, the less these things talk together. And so you actually bec can become less efficient. Uh, there was a, a study that the Poneman Institute, Institute did in, in 2020, uh, the Cyber Resilience Study, and, and it said for the first time, we have actually crossed the Rubicon where we have too many tools and actually now it's not just decreasing marginal returns when you buy more tools. It is actually having a clear and present effect in your ability to detect and respond when you go over, I think the number was 48 tools. Um, and I don't know how they got to that, but once you get to the 49th tool, all of a sudden that next purchase is now negatively affecting your ability to, to detect and respond. And so we're seeing this, this trend around how do I rationalize all the tools that I have? How do I make sense of all these data sources that I am procuring or I'm subscribed to? How do I make sure that I'm connecting them into my workflows and getting the most out of my intelligence along the way? And so while 
the last decade and, you know, I would say even the last 20 years in, in cybersecurity has been about sort of this arms race for the security leader to, to tool up with the best of breed solutions and the best of breed Intel sources and Intel providers. Now we're coming into an era of, of, of reason where we've, we've almost, we've gone too far. We're, we're out over our skis. We have too many tools. We have too many data sources and we can't effectively measure uh, how they are contributing to our ability to, to detect, detect and respond. And so what we're, what we're doing in this space is, you know, we are being the, the objective voice of reason. And we're saying you have to start looking at your intelligence sources and seeing how they perform for you in cybersecurity. And if you can't do that, by God, please don't buy another one. Um, if you don't have a tool properly integrated, with intelligence and you haven't stepped towards automation, please do not buy another one. And, and TrueStar's role in this is to help really stitch those dots together and, and to make sure that when you do have valuable signal coming from an Intel provider or coming from a historical event, how are you using that in the next investigation? You know, I've been in, uh, you know, I don't know, probably a hundred security operation centers over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that that this is really fundamentally the challenge. You know, you walk into a security operations center at, at even a, um, you know, a seemingly sophisticated financial services company. And if you ask the human analyst, the person who's sitting there manning these machines and everything's blinking red, and you ask them, what's the first thing they do when they see an alert? Too often, the answer is, well, I, I, I kind of, I close my eyes and I try to think if I've seen something like this before. And God, if, if that's the answer, then we're going to lose, right? Uh, we're going to lose the war for the Internet. Wow. And so what we have to do is, is stop arming these enterprises with the latest and greatest point solutions and start helping them prepare and prioritize the signal that they already have and integrate that in increasingly automated ways into the workflows of the operator. So, Patrick, I don't mean to sidetrack us, but is have we arrived at a, a sort of a leveling off of the signal-to-noise ratio? Oh, God. I mean, you know, I think, that, you know, we saw this in the intelligence community, um, you know, 20 years ago, and I think 9-11 was the paradigm of that. And I know you talked to my co-founder, Paul Kurtz, who, who was literally in, in the White House on 9-11 and saw what happened when when it's not just about do we have the signal anymore, right? The, the question isn't where can I find the signal? That used to be the question that the, the intelligence community was dealing with in, in you know, the 20th, 20th century. But now, now the question is, I've got the signal, it's here somewhere, it's just buried in one of these silos. And so how do I find that programmatically and, and, and utilize it? And so have we, have, we, have we seen a leveling off? I think the answer is probably no, because, because data continues to, to grow exponentially in these enterprises. Um, but, but what we see is that the problem is no longer, you know, God, how could I just find uh, information about this attack? The information is already there. In fact, it may be in a, in a ServiceNow ticket that you closed on the night shift, um, and now you're seeing something on the day shift. But if you can't correlate across those tickets or cases, Right to see that the, the the most valuable information about this event that you're investigating was actually sitting there uh, in a closed ticket from six hours ago. And instead, you're going to send a human operator 
off on this down this rabbit hole of hunting and pecking around the internet to try to find the signal, then then we're going to lose. And so so you know I, I think we've I think we've certainly crossed the Rubicon in the sense that the signal exists in these enterprises. Um, it's there. It's it's in your intelligence provider. It's sitting in a Splunk alert. It's sitting in a ServiceNow ticket. It's sitting in a CrowdStrike alert. Whatever the tools may be, it's already there. And now the question isn't can you find it. The question is how quickly can you bring that to bear on the current investigation so that you're not wasting your people's time hunting and pecking around. And the enterprises that do that effectively um, in the next 10 to 20 years, those are going to be the ones that really build the world-class uh, um, risk management programs. And, and the ones that aren't focused on the integration and the automation challenge are going to be the ones that are constantly behind. And they're going to be they're going to be trying to solve this problem of data wrangling and data management by throwing highly trained bodies at it. And, and what we see when that happens is people don't stay, right? If you're, if you're a trained security analyst or operator, you know, you've gone and taken your SANS courses, you've got, you got all your certs, and then you go to work at an enterprise, a Fortune 500 enterprise, and you're spending 50% of your time copying and pasting indicators out of freaking emails into a spreadsheet and, you know, you know removing periods and, and, and brackets and then, and then taking it out of that spreadsheet and putting it into a tool, you know, you're, you're not going to stay at that job very long. And, and then all of a sudden that enterprise is going to have to deal with the fact that their people are constantly turning over and then they're backfilling their people and they think they have a people problem, right? They think they can't just retain the people well enough, but really they're asking their people to do something they shouldn't be doing. They have a data wrangling problem, and that is where you can deploy technology. Well, that's a huge question. Obviously, we're seeing that across uh, all of the industries that we work with, and I know you are too. Uh, in fact, we find very different answers from people about where they're putting AI to work or allowing AI to work and, and how uh, machine learning is improving that kind of decision-making. So. Uh, can you can you give your sense, Patrick, of uh, what's the state of the art there today, and what's missing from uh, that kind of AI and machine learning uh, product suite uh, in security right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that certainly there's been there's been amazing progress, and and you know I can point to to a handful of companies that are really doing this effectively in cybersecurity. But, but I, I think that the fundamental challenge is, is, you know, almost a mentality shift. And, and, you know, instead of asking your vendors, you know, is there a little ML or AI in this? And, you know, trying to tick a, a box on your RFP or, or your, your requirements list that's like, yeah, okay, AI, check, or ML, check, they've got it. Um, what is the job to be done for machine learning and AI and cybersecurity. And I think the industry itself really is, is, is having a bit of a come to Jesus moment around that. And it goes to a bit of what I was saying before. I'm, I'm a big fan of the jobs to be done sort of framework. And, and you need to look at your products and ask what is, the, what is the job to be done of this particular product or this particular technology or this particular solution? And then go one level deeper and saying, what is the job of, of, of ML or AI in this? How could it really help advance the ultimate mission of this product? Instead of just saying, is it there? What, what is it doing? What should it be doing? And, and that's what's really missing. You know, you, you, like I said before, 
the job to be done for machine learning, for artificial intelligence in cybersecurity is not to, to, to do the detection and response, right? It is not to replace the human. The job to be done of machine learning, artificial intelligence, is to help shoulder the burden of all of this data wrangling that we are currently asking our people to do. We've got a we've got one of our advisors, uh, a guy named Chase Cunningham, um, uh, who works at Forrester and, and and a number of other places. You know, he he likes to say, I don't believe that we have a a shortage of people in in cybersecurity. You know, every every year they do all these studies and they say the gap, the cybersecurity skill set gap, has grown by another two x or whatever. I mean, Matt, you've seen these things, and we're constantly you know, all these unfilled positions in cybersecurity, and we've got to get more people into cybersecurity. And yes, all of that is true. Um, but, but, but why? Why do we have all these unfilled positions? And why is there this huge human capital problem in cybersecurity? It's because we're asking the human capital to do the problem that, that machine learning and AI can solve. And that's that if, if we as an industry really kind of divorce ourselves from, from the allure and the sexiness and the hype of, of AI and really, really think about what are the nuts, nuts and bolts of the data challenge. I think we'll find that there is real work that can be done by these kinds of technologies, but we have to kind of, we have to approach it from an objective sense of reason and stop pushing these technologies to, to replace the human and start thinking about them in the terms of how can they augment our, our most precious asset, which is our people. Fantastic. Okay, we'll get back to our conversation with Patrick Coughlin in just a moment. In the meantime, here's a word from a couple of our partners. Working remotely didn't stop Disney's acapella sensation, D Capella. When tasked to film the Under the Sea video from home, they got all their tools fast and conveniently from Office Depot and OfficeDepot.com to keep business going. Oh, you're here! Welcome to your nano degree program. I'm so happy you could join us. We've partnered with industry leaders to create a learning experience just for you. Let me show you around. If you get stuck, I'll be right alongside you and your classmates to help you get unstuck. Learning a new skill isn't just about technical ability, it's a total shift in mindset. But you've got this. You're Udassian now. Uh, so, in the industry, have, have seen cybersecurity emerging phase for the last few years. Uh, in your experience, industries you'd point to as sort of the growth cycle uh, and learn from what other growing industries have experienced. Yes, I think I got that one, pointing to, to other industries. Um, yes, I mean, great question. I'm, I'm a, a big, big fan, as I, as I kind of mentioned in some, some previous comments, of, of looking at other industries. Um, you know, security... We, we take a lot of pride 
Matt, in in being these 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 high priests of complexity in security, where where you know we go to the board or we go to the C-suite, and you know we talk about the scariness of the threat, and we we talk about how you know when we worked in government or the intelligence community, um, you know we saw all this stuff at the NSA or wherever and. And, you know, sure, Mr. or Miss C-suite person, um, you couldn't possibly understand the complexity of these threats that are out there. So please just, you know, you know, read this report or look at this scary slide that I created and give me my budget and leave me alone to go and, 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 and save us from, from the threats that are out there. And, and you know, that's, that's served us as an industry in the last 20 years, it, it has allowed us to grow. It has allowed us to get it a seat at the table. But if if security leaders want to to stay at the table, if they want to, if they really want to impact the business in the next 20 years in in a way that 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 we have to because of of the role the internet is playing across all these different business units, the 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 risk associated with that, the security of that becomes critical to the business. Well, if we're going to do that, we have to change the way that we talk, and we have to talk more like those other leaders, right? We have to talk like the way the support leader talks or the way the sales and marketing leader talks, and we can no longer just say, you couldn't possibly understand the complexity of the world that I live in and just give me my budget and leave me alone. And so to do that, we have to bring metrics to the table, like they bring metrics to the table. You know, if, if, if you're a, um, a support leader at a, at a, I don't know, a product company, and, and your job is to, to sort of man a, a network of call centers and deal with all these, uh, you know, customer complaints and, and, and issues, you don't come to the table in, in the C-suite and say, uh, you couldn't possibly understand the complexity of what I do, you know, just give me my budget and leave me alone. You come to the table and you say, look, you know, I've been, you know, focusing on digital transformation and automation, and we've gone through this many requests at this speed. We've resolved them. Here's our NPS score. And you're putting these metrics on the table that the business understands. You're talking about how you're moving the needle in automation. You're talking about how you're doing more with less if you are a cost center. Um, and, and at the end of the day, security and risk is a cost center. And so the metrics we bring to the table need to look like the metrics of, of the other cost centers. And, and that means we need to be talking about how we are accelerating mean time to detection. We need to be talking about how we are accelerating mean time to resolution. And we need to put these cold metrics on the table that maybe for a security operator who's, who's relied on tradecraft and worked in the, the dark alleys of, of the Middle East and around the world, but putting these metrics on the table may may seem foreign. Um, it may seem like you're you're you know selling out to the business, but that's where we have to be. That's where impact is happening. And so, security leaders of, of the next and I, I there's plenty of examples by that by the way. And I'm not the only one to say this. I mean, there's there's some amazing CISOs out there who have embraced this and 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 brought this message to the market. And I'm just I'm just sort of echoing it. Um, but though, that's how we have to talk. And so come to the table with, with you know, here's, we've deployed these solutions and we've seen mean time to detection go down by this. And, I, and we're getting through more and more events at this speed. And, and when you do that, watch how quickly the business steps to you. 
when you give when you give these other other industries a way to to talk to you in a universal language, all of a sudden cybersecurity is going to start not just getting a seat at the table, but really having an impact in how well the business can scale. And and that's something that I'm super excited about in this next phase. And and yeah, we ha we have to learn from these other industries. Well, I think Patrick, the way you frame that is literally the definition of the measurement of your impact. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a way to address the, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a way to address the concerns that management has about what they're installing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right, Matt. We, we have to speak the same language. And, and if, if management has concerns about the value, right? Right. When you, when, as a security leader, you go to the board, you go to, you go to the C-suite and you say, I need this much budget. And, and if the board is saying, you know, why, how you just ask for that? Um, you know, what, what about the budget that you asked for last time? What did that do? And, and if you answer that question with a slide that shows the scariness of the threat, then, then, you know, in, in this next phase, you shouldn't expect to get that budget. Right. But if you answer that question with metrics that says, yes, that's right. Uh, the budget that you gave us that had this impact on our ability to detect and respond. Right. If you can show that, then the budget keeps coming because you've given you've given the rest of the business a way to relate to your budget requests. Um, and, and that's that's really the, the next phase of cybersecurity. So uh, last question, Patrick, I would love for you to, to look forward a little bit. Um, maybe I'm going to use a new metaphor. There's a little bit of MacGyver in where we've been with cobbling tools together, right? We've been mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. a bunch of tools exactly. in duct tape and bubble gum. Mm -hmm. so if you can look forward, uh, where do you think we're headed as an industry to improve from that condition? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a long way to go. I like your, I like your MacGyver scenario. You know, that 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 I think it, I think it actually encompasses what has been the experience of 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 a lot of security leaders um, in the past, which is, you know, you kind of parachute into an enterprise and you know you get your your budget and and you say, all right, you know, I need a I need a Gatorade bottle, a, a, an avocado, a, a rubber band, and and you know I can make a pipe bomb. <laughs> or whatever it is, and, uh, um, and, and I think you're right. And, and I think if I think in, in the future, what we're seeing is that two things. Um, one, there is not one ring to rule them all in cybersecurity, so to speak. And what I mean by that is, is you know, there's there's always this promise that um, the next gen sim or firewall or or soar or whatever the newest sort of uh uh analyst speak is 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 going to actually be the thing the one thing that that's that gets us out of this mess um but that's not the reality right we are going to live in a world of, of patchwork solutions just by the nature of the way these products compete um, there's there's not going to be a single product, and, and you're seeing this in cloud. You know, when you look at, you know, you look at the, the the war for amongst the cloud providers, whether it's AWS or Google or or Microsoft or you know IBM trying to play or whatever it is. You know, we're seeing enterprises not just pick one cloud provider. 
right? Uh, they're, they're, they want to diversify. They don't want to have the lock-in. And so they're sending different workloads to different cloud providers. Um, and so there, there's not going to be one ring to rule them all. And that means there's not going to be one data model to rule them all. And that means there's not going to be one schema or one API to rule them all. And so you have to think about how are you normalizing and organizing data so it can connect across these different solutions, across these different cloud environments. And, and you know, TrueStar is positioning itself to help with that normalization mission. And so we're going to see people stop thinking about their architecture as the tools, right, that they have. And they're going to start thinking about their architecture in a data-centric mentality of where are my data assets, right? What signal do I have? Tools will come and go. I'm going to switch out this SIM for that SIM. I'm going to switch out that endpoint for this endpoint. But the data is actually the primary asset in your architecture. And so how do you normalize, organize that data, and feed it into an ecosystem of tools that will be ever-evolving? Um, and, and that's the shift that I think the, the security leaders are going through. It's the shift that I think the, the leaders across different elements of the business are going through. Where's the signal and stop over-indexing so much on the tools as the primary asset in the, in the architecture? Patrick Coughlin, CEO of TrueStar. Thank you for spending a little bit of your week on This Week with Cal CISO. Thanks, Matt. That's it for this week with Cal Tiso. This has been a conversation with Patrick Coughlin, co-founder and CEO of TrueStar. Thanks to the whole TrueStar team for helping us put this series together. Uh, we'll look forward to continuing this conversation with TrueStar in the next episode. In the meantime, once again, we invite you to check out this, the California Threat Exchange, uh, everything in the member benefit portfolio and the calendar training and certification programs at californiatechnology.org. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Once again, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube or podcast channels on Apple and Google, we invite you to do so. And of course, we want to hear from you. So if you have a topic, a suggestion, or a comment, we invite you to send that in any time. You can write to us at podcast at californiatechnology.org. Thanks for joining us for this week with Cal Tiso. See you next time.